Amen. Thanks, Nick. Good morning, everybody. Hey, good to be with you. A couple of weeks of rest has been good for us. Um, it usually takes a couple of weeks just for the mind to actually stop, really. <laughs> so I've ju- I'm, I'm turning up here today saying I've just entered rest. <laughs> I've just entered rest. So I'll, I'll teach from that place if that's all right with you today. I'll teach out of that space. Um, I might get the uh, PowerPoint up on the screen. Thanks, guys. This morning, um, uh, well, actually, the other day, Nicole and I, we had to go down to the Optus store to um, get some things fixed with our phones and our account details and all that sort of stuff. But um, in the background of the Optus shop, there's this fantastic picture if you're down that way or you go past one and they've got it, it's a bit of their ad campaign at the moment. It's, uh, it's a f- photo of Ash Barty, Australia's, you know, retired number one women's tennis player. It's, a, it's two photos of her. One is she's this little, little sort of five or six-year-old kid in a tennis outfit holding a, a, like a little, I think it was a little trophy. And then there's, it's a photo of her holding... Um, the Australian Open trophy as when she was the uh, reigning number one uh, women's tennis player. And there's this slogan that runs right across the whole thing. And it just says, it starts with yes. Now, I know that's a bit of a play on words for the Optus company because that's their, their, their thing, yes. But I was just struck by the, had the simplicity of the truth of, of that picture and that statement. Here's Ash Barty as a six-year-old and, and full of probably ideas and dreams and wonder about what it might be like to play tennis and even maybe win, obviously, a few games because she was holding up some sort of little trophy as a little one. But to, to do the journey from there all the way through to becoming the world number one and um, was obviously a number of years, probably, I forget how old she is actually, as, as she retired. She'd been she'd in her late 20s. 20s. She's retired from world number one at 26 years of age. So let's say the first picture is she's maybe five or six years. So that's a 20-year journey that began with a yes to some sort of sense of inspiration in her life. And I'm wondering how many times between then and 26 years of age, when she retired as number one, how many more times she had to say yes to the inspiration that started all of that for her. Now, let's just take this and, um, you know, as I was sitting there, looking at that picture the other day, I was really inspired by that. Because in the middle of it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me at the start of another year. And he said, he said, he asked me a question, or the Spirit asked me a question. And the Holy Spirit simply said to me, Kirk, are you willing to give Jesus your yes again? Are you willing to give Jesus your yes again? Because that's where it all begins. You know, living this life of the kingdom of God, being disciples of Jesus, 
partnering with the power of the Holy Spirit to see lives transformed, set free, healed, and become followers of the King and see the kingdom come. It requires a response from us. It requires our yes. You see, we've, as much as God's love has arrested us, it's also inviting us at the same time. And so as we begin in a year, as we start a journey together as a, as a fellowship of believers, as you as an individual, friend of Jesus, follower of Christ, disciple of the King, at the start of another year, the Holy Spirit simply wants to know, will we give Jesus our yes? It's not a big question, but it does have massive implication. Massive implication. Let's think about Ash Barty again for another minute. Now, for her to go from a little child playing tennis at a local tennis club to becoming world number one, somewhere in there, she had people around her, family, friends, coaches, wisdom, and they all had to pour into her their time, their resources, and their, um, their energy. And likewise, Ash Barty, she also had to bring her time, many hours on the court, many hours being coached, many hours of playing, many, much of her resource getting on planes, trains, and automobiles to get from one place to another, to another country, to another hotel, to another car, to another tournament, and so on and so on and so on. Her simple yes had big outworkings. And it's the same for us as followers of Jesus and bringers of the kingdom. At the start of another year, the Holy Spirit would simply be asking, will we give Jesus our yes? Knowing that it will have massive outworkings. In my personal journey with King Jesus, it started in a moment in the back room of a, of, a, of a church hall where I met with him in a dramatic fashion. And he said, I want all of you, Kirk. And I said, I'm not sure if I said it with a sense of, I think I just said it with a sense of bravado, not really realising what I was asking was. I said, yes, but I must also have all of you. If you want all of me, I want all of you. And from that day to this, which is coming up close to 30-something years, Jesus has been relentlessly given to giving all of who he is to me and inviting me to give my yes to him and all of who I am to him. Now, I know that as I'm starting the start of commencing another year in my journey with King Jesus, and, you know, we, we, we use these kind of starting points, these marker points as moments to be able to just stop, take stock, and begin to dream again. At the start of this year, Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, is asking me for my yes, and at the same time, I'm also fully aware of the previous year 
where I resisted giving Jesus my yes. Now, he's relentlessly in pursuit for me because that's the nature of God's love. Even as he is relentlessly pursuing you and overcoming the powers and the demons that haunt and come against us and all of the, the, the both physical, spiritual and emotional and relational fractures that we live in. Jesus is committed to coming to us with his kingdom more and more and more that we might know the full revelation of the mystery that we sung about this morning, of the Father's love for us in Jesus. But there's a decision that needs to be made at the start of another year. As I give him my yes, I'm also saying, I am now going to bring to you all of my no as well. All of the no, or even the parts where, you know, I pretend like <clears throat> when Nicole's speaking to me at home and I'm, I'm watching TV or I'm reading a book or I'm running around in the backyard with the dog and the mower, as she's speaking to me and I know what she's asking of me and I conveniently turn a deaf ear. Yes, I do that, Michael, I know. <laughs> I mean, how many times, even those, even those requests of Jesus in the last year that he's made towards each of us in the various areas of our life, and we've, we've conveniently turned a deaf ear. That's, that's our no. What we're doing in that moment is we're saying no. <laughs> as you commence this year, and as the Holy Spirit invites you and me to give our yes to King Jesus once again, realize that we didn't leave the no's back in 2022. The no comes with us into this year. It comes with us. The baggage comes with. You can never shake the baggage of the no until we see Christ turn it into a transformed yes. He's committed to seeing us set free. Giving Jesus our yes is more than a, more than a word. It's more than a sentiment. It's more than a, a, um, you know, a nice idea. It's a decision. It's a response that will have implication for the rest of our life. Starting now. <laughs> Starting now. If we could um, jump onto the next slide, <clears throat> just quickly grabbed a, a little illustration online here. And it's a, it's a great little picture because um, it shows us at sort of the biblical picture of the understanding of a, of a person. We are these tripartite beings, you know, we're, we're made up of spirit, soul and body. And in, we're very complex beings, and that, but that's a very simplified picture. But when, when Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, is speaking to our spirit, our heart, and we say yes, there's rollout implication. And it begins to want to inform our emotional response, our thoughts, our mind, and our will. Before it even finds its way, to our flesh, 
and our actions. So this morning, we're just asking the, the question in that yellow part there, in the, the heart of the matter, at the core of who we are, knowing that as we respond to the Holy Spirit in that place of who we are, it means all those other places are going to be touched by that, that answer, that response. Our whole life. Can Jesus have your yes this year? If you've got a Bible, open it up, turn it on, Psalm 32. We're going to read that together, Psalm 32. Uh, I really love this psalm, and um, it's one from King David. It's, it's hot on the tail of, here's a guy who, who has um, experienced the forgiveness of God, the loving grace of God. Here's a guy who, out of his position of authority, he abused his position of power and influence. He had a man killed so he could take, take that man's wife. He then commits adultery with this woman. And, and, um, and then as a result of that, um, he then also murders, he's, he, he murders the, the husband of that wife. Now that, that David, that King David, he's, he's realized just the mercy of God, the love of God for his life. He's been forgiven and he writes, he writes from this place of knowing he's been forgiven. So as you're hearing this this morning, this psalm, Psalm 32, you're hearing it in the knowledge and the experience that you've been forgiven. Your sin's been forgiven as you've turned your life to Jesus. All your sin has been forgiven. So you're hearing this from the place of forgiveness. Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is the one whose, sin, whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered over. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. In other words, there's honesty there now. When I kept silent, my bones were groaning all day long. Sorry, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, and my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And then I acknowledged my sin to you. Isn't that kind of God? Isn't that kind of God <laughs> that he, he's so relentlessly in love with David here? He's so given to the purposes and plans of David to be the king and to be the one, the emissary at that time, through whom the kingdom of God would be established in the earth through a nation of people. How kind of God that he would not take his hand off David, knowing full well what David had done. And all of the rubbish and the, 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 the guilt and the sin that he, has, um, that he has groaning with, deep within him. But he realizes, God won't give up on me. It's a bit like the heat of a hot summer's day. 
I was just talking with Michael just before the service this morning. We were talking about when he first moved from Ireland to to Australia here and to Brisbane. And he moved in uh, the September and I, and I remember when he first arrived here at the vineyard, this is quite a few years ago now, but he was just recounting to me, he was recounting how it took him months to try and deal with, and he's still trying to deal with it, the humidity, the humidity of, of Brisbane. It was relentless. It was on him. It didn't go away. It was there all the time. He said, I would shower, you know, three, four times a day to try and get fresh again. It was just so intense. And I said, it sounds just like when Nicole and I moved from Brisbane to North Queensland. And we moved in the January. (laughs) And we moved up to Townsville and there was no air con in the little house we were living in and neither in our little workplaces either. And we just sweat, sweat, sweat. So I'd get up in the morning, have a shower. Go to work for a few hours, come home for a bite of lunch, have a shower. Go back out and work again, come home after work, have another shower, and before bedtime, have another shower. Just to try and get the heat and the humidity off us. This is what David's saying the hand of God is like. You can shower as much as you want. You can try and do as whatever you think you need to do to try and get him to get off pursuing you. It ain't going to stop. And the fruit of it, the interesting thing is, even as Michael's recounting his story of moving from Ireland to Australia and us from here to North Queensland, is it's, it, it's you groan. Even if, if you, as many showers as you take in a day, that thing just will not get up. And you, you groan and you groan and you groan. You wish it was another way. Such is the love of God. He will continue to pursue you no matter how much you groan. How kind of God. That's who our God is. That's who the Scriptures is saying our God is. This is who David has discovered our God is. And at the start of another year, don't forget, this is who God is. He will be in relentless pursuit of you and it will feel his hand on you will feel like the sweat of a hot summer's day and it just will not give up. Now, that's for you. But he also is in hot pursuit of the people that you're in relationship with. Your work colleagues, family members, grandchildren, parents, politicians. God is relentlessly in pursuit like a hot summer's day. And David, David's just written it beautifully. Day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of a summer. Then, then, he says, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I didn't cover up my iniquity. I said, I'll confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. (laughs) Now here's David. He's writing this fresh revelation of who God is. 
So you've got to imagine this is God speaking here. I'll instruct you and I'll teach you in the way you should go. I'll counsel you with my loving eye on you. Don't be like the horse and the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked. But the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the ones who trust in you. What a fantastic psalm. That's our key, that's our key starting point as we commence another year in giving Jesus our yes. I'll instruct you. I'll teach you. I'll show you the way. And this is the way to go. I'll counsel you with, and my loving eye will be on you. Be like that, David's saying. And I would want to suggest the Holy Spirit saying at the start of another year, be like that. Be like one who is, on the next slide, thanks guy, uh, guys, um, be like one who loves instruction. Don't be like blokes who get the Ikea flat pack and don't read the instructions and get three quarters of the way through it and go, oh, done it. A should be where D was, D should be where C is, and I need to un- I s- follow instruction. That means you need to be able to be led. David's saying and, and God's saying, hey, I've got instruction for you on how to do life. Let Let me show you. Be someone who's open to instruction, being given insight and comprehension. Because the the idea behind that is God wants us, in, in, in the Hebrew back here, way back, the Hebrew understanding is God wants us to grow into and prosper and be successful in his ways, in his kingdom life for you. But that's going to require instruction. It's like learning the trades that you've learnt. It's, it's like the universities that you've gone to, the vocations that you've pursued. Someone had to give you some instruction. And those that prosper at the end of the process are those who have welcomed the instruction. David's saying, be like that. <laughs> be like that. God's saying... Be like that. Be one who's given to receiving instruction. He also says, I've got things to teach you, to show you, to point out for you, to inform you and your daily living. I want to guide you, give you direction and journey and course, and I have counsel. I have wisdom for you. God has wisdom for us this year. And he does it all with his loving presence. But let's just think again just for a minute. What was the very heart conversation that Jesus had with you and with me last year that we conveniently turned a deaf ear to? Where were the moments, the decisions, the relationships and the contexts 
where we sought the Lord in the last year, in 2022, but did not like the answer we did hear. Or he did give us instruction, but we didn't like that and did our own thing anyway. Where are those spaces and places and moments in our story? Because the, the ones that we hoped disappeared at the stroke of midnight on, 2020, on the eve of 2023, they're still there. And the hand of the Lord, like a hot summer's day, is coming after those very places and spaces. You see, giving your yes to Jesus means I'm inviting you to continue to keep after me. What arenas of our relationships did we not welcome the wisdom of God for? It's another year. It's another day. Praise God for that. His mercy is new every day. Now, just flick onto the next slide if we can. Um, don't be like a horse or a mule. <laughs> don't be like a horse or a mule. That's, a, that's a, I mean, get the picture in your head. Okay, I see a horse, I see a mule. Particularly more a mule. Those things can be obstinate. Don't, don't be like that. Don't be like that. Because the thing about a mule's obstinance is that it can carry the biggest and the heaviest of loads in its obstinance. In other words, it thinks it operates the best when you pack on so much weight and heaviness that it says, oh yeah, I love that. Don't be like that. Don't, as you're going into this, don't be obstinate enough before God and to yourself to go, oh yeah, I just pack it on, I love it. Bring it on, put the weight on. Because what David says there is that mules have no understanding. There's no wisdom in that. What's all the weights that we're packing on ourselves? Don't be like a mule. Don't be like a mule. Don't be silly enough to think, oh yeah, I'll just get through another year if I can just pack on a few more things where I'm saying no to God and I've got this, she'll be right, thanks, mate. Don't be, don't be like that. Please, please don't be like that. There's no wisdom in that, is there? The, the message of the kingdom of God in the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ is that I've come to set you free. I've come to lighten the load, to lift it off. I'm closer than a brother. It was prayed this morning. Uh, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light, says King Jesus. You want to be a mule or do you want to walk in yieldedness? yoked to Jesus, where the load is light. It's gentle. It's easy. It's a way of living. 
Uh, yeah, don't be like a mule where you must be, you know, where you're unyielded, where you have self-determination, this fascination where, you know, David says there, where you're controlled by a bit and a bridle. In other words, the, the, the bridle on a horse goes over its head because horses will just want to go where they want to go. They want to go to what they're... Most animals, I've been learning this as I've been trying to train an Australian Kelpie. Those things are busy animals. But anyway, they have a, a long nose, then they have their eyes, and then they have their ears. When you call a dog, a horse, a mule, or any other animal that's like, got an ontology like that, the ears is the third thing in line that responds. The first thing that responds is the nose. Ever seen a dog? They're just like sniffing everything everywhere they go. That's because that's their primary way they're led. Then it's their eyes and then it's their ears. And I've been, <laughs> I've been approaching it like, well, surely it should be your ears that are first. So when I say, come here, <laughs> you should come here. But no, dog doesn't come here because it's busy with its primary, same with horses and so forth. The primary is the nose, then the eyes, then the ears. And a bridle, what a bridle does is it arrests the horse's attention. So the horse is now yielded in such a way that its primary and secondary means of finding its way is now yielded to it to the bridle, which is attached to the person who's riding the horse. And they also have a bit in their mouth. Um, and that's basically so there's a sense of direction that can be given to the horse as its attention is now given to the rider. Paul's saying... Uh, David's saying, don't, don't be like that where you need. The, the, the will of God is that not that you would have to have all of this bridling and bits on your life so that you can navigate everything that's in front of you. Be free of that. Don't be like that. Don't be like one that needs to be continually controlled and directed. Be given, be yielded. You can, uh, um, some of the most amazing people I've seen online that are incredible with their, with their dogs, these farming dogs I watched online. Um, we watched this fantastic series together on the ABC called Muster Dogs. It's just four, four parts and they just trained these baby Kelpie dogs. If you've ever seen it, haven't seen it, I recommend you go and see it. it just download it on iview. But it's, it's, it's a great, great little series. And, and after 12 months of working on farms, these dogs and their owners, their owners just have to, they don't even have to talk. Sometimes one owner, he just wiggles his finger a certain way and the dog knows exactly what to do. And, it, and the other dogs, you know, they just require a little, I can't whistle, so they just require a little, and the dog, will, it just knows what to do. It's fully yielded but unbridled fully yielded but completely unbridled 
It's free to run and roam and, and live, you know, in the vast expanse of everything that takes place on the farm and on those properties and out in those acres. And they take the, you know, because some of these dogs work with um, uh, uh, cattle way out in Western, Australia, uh, Western parts of Australia. And those farms are like thousands and thousands of kilometres wide. Not too many fences, <laughs> But they just, they just run free. But when the master says, hey, whoosh, job to be done, let's do this. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. These dogs, amazing. Unbridled and yet yielded. This year, as you go about this year, don't be like a mule, all right? Don't be like a mule. Be unbridled. Be free, yet be yielded. Be yielded. Giving our yes to Jesus as we enter into a relationship where we are given also the comfort of his loving eye. See that that that, that scripture there was um, David says, you know, in verse 8, um, that his, oh sorry, yeah, in verse 8, I'll counsel you with my loving eye on you. The idea behind that is that, yep, God's watching. But it's not like, I don't know if any of you have seen Monsters, Inc., where, what's her name? I can't even remember her name. And she's got these big glasses and she's got this really nasty sort of voice and she's like, I'm always watching you. It's not like that. (laughs) It's like, yes, God does have a loving eye. He is watching intently. But the key word before that is loving He's not there seeking to catch you out doing the wrong thing. He's lovingly watching over you to give you instruction and wisdom and counsel and empowerment to be able to navigate all of the things that we're going to have to get through this year. And basically that sense of unpacking that concept of his eye, it's really his, it means his presence. He counsels us with his loving presence. Where's your presence in my life today, Lord? This year, be yielded to his loving eye, his presence. Let his presence show you the way. So where is Jesus asking you to follow him this year? To give you to give him your yes. Ultimately, this is going to come down to a pinch point. Uh, just on the next slide, thanks. Mate, it's, there's the pinch point. Do I trust God? Now, there's plenty of reasons and circumstances and challenges for us to go, maybe, maybe I should sort of pull back some of my trust. But it, and, it, and I've got to tell you, it's your trust to give. It's your trust to give to him. He's asking you, will you trust me? It's your yes that you get to give him. He'll be in hot pursuit and some days it'll feel like like his hand is heavy upon you. He's asking you, will you let my loving presence lead you? Now, saying yes to Jesus and saying like King David did, I've discovered 
that um, I'm placing my trust in the unfailing, loving presence of God. Will this save me from all difficulty and pain? Will it save me from that? No. Will it save me from, from suffering? No. Will it save me from making choices that are perceived as unpopular by others? No. Will it save me from some of the, the cultural angst of our world right now that doesn't agree with Jesus? No, it won't save you from that. Will it save you from the, 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 the the, the contest and the conflict of spiritual powers, no, won't save you from that. Placing our trust in the unfailing love or the loving eye or the presence of God is where we are saying, it's your instruction, God. It's your teaching, your guidance, your direction and your wisdom that will see me through everything that Together we will walk out this year. Will we trust God for that? What saying yes will do is it will save you into the empowering, loving presence of God in Jesus as Lord, as King. And his kingdom come. It will save you into moments of great victory, great transformation, great reconciliation, renewal and hope. It will lead you into all of those things. Maybe as we all start another year, we just need a fresh revelation and a fresh experience that in the good news of the kingdom of God at hand, Jesus has forgiven us our sin and we are free to live in a relationship with God and others that is unbridled and yet yielded. Psalm 86, 5 reads, You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call upon you. Let that be your posture this year. Let that be our posture this year. Lord, you're forgiving and good, abounding in love, to all who call on you. Take home hashtag, don't be a mule. There's the hashtag, take home, all right? Don't be a mule. <laughs> We're going to pray in a minute. But before we do that, I wanted to say, um, firstly, thanks, Neil and um, David, uh, for their teaching that they did the last few weeks. Some great teaching there. If you haven't had a chance to listen back to Neil's message or you were away, jump onto the SoundCloud or the YouTube. He did a fantastic teaching on walking through all of the difficult scriptures with regards to women and helping to see an empowered perspective of equality and women taking their place in the kingdom of God, the body of Christ and so forth. So get a hold of that one. Dave also did a great job. He was here earlier and just sent a, he just dropped in to say he's on the way to see another per support, a friend of his who's speaking at another church this morning. But Dave also did a great job on remembering the perspective of how God looks at us through the cross. 
and gives us our identity there through Jesus. So go back and have a good, good listen to those if you haven't had a chance to. They're very edifying and very encouraging. But this morning, why don't we take a moment and let's, let's pray together. Let's stand and pray. Hmm. Thanks, Father, for your love for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here among us. We welcome you. Come. Take the words of the, of the scriptures of, of David, inspired by you, Holy Spirit. Come do a work in us today. Come and do a work in us today. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, as we commence another year and where we've been um, conveniently deaf to you or intentionally resistant towards you and your love for our life, your unfailing, loving presence over our life, we just ask that you'd forgive us, Lord. Whatever that, whatever that moment or, or circumstance or character issue or vice, whatever it is, we just say, Lord, would you forgive us? Set us free. Just ah, oh, just just like like a hot knife through butter. Just just free. We're free. Be free now. Be free now. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And I pray now that the eyes of our heart would be opened and enlightened now, right now, in the name of King Jesus. Hearts be enlightened to know the hope of Christ, to know the hope of God revealed in Jesus, to know the lordship of the King himself who took on flesh and came and made his dwelling among us. Let the eyes of your heart be opened right now to see again the goodness of God that we've confused with the heat of a long summer's day over us when it's been his loving pursuit to bring us into life in all its fullness. Open, be open now and see the goodness of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We posture our heart at the start of a year, God. We want to be a people who welcome your instruction because we know it's life to us. We want to be a people who welcome your teaching and guidance, your direction, your wisdom. In all things and at all times, 
We posture ourselves to be your people. You're abounding in love, Heavenly Father. You're good and forgiving to all who call upon you. And so in the name of Jesus, I declare to any and all in this moment who are, who are just coming before God and saying, forgive me, set me free. I, 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 in the name of Jesus, I speak declaration and truth to you. Through God, in Christ Jesus, your hope, you are now forgiven. You are now free. Now be filled with the knowledge of the love of God. Be filled with the knowledge of the love of God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call on you. We give you our yes, Lord. (laughs) We give you our yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this morning, some of you may have been um, saying yes to Jesus. And uh, just on the slide up there, there's, there was instruction, teaching, guidance, direction, wisdom. Um, and um, in those areas, if you would like, I felt like the Lord said this morning, um, there'll be people here who, um, uh, I, I feel like there's a, there's a grace of the Holy Spirit here. Uh, it's a prophetic grace to be able to just help give some instruction to folk and some guidance to folk and some wisdom. So if you're here today and you are needing wisdom and you are needing guidance and you are trying to make decision, then don't go before coming and having some prayer because the generosity of the Holy Spirit is here to help you in those places and spaces. Okay? And so to do that, I'm just going to invite you, just come on down the front here and people will come and pray with you and and join you in that today. Other than that, I want to say thanks for coming to the vineyard today. God bless you. Have a great week in the kingdom of God. All righty? So instruction, wisdom, and guidance. If you need some of those, come on down. Don't be like a mule. God bless you. Have a great week in the kingdom of God.